Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Listeners to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa and I am with Wendy. And it is day 700,000 million of Fantastic Fest 2019. One more day and it'll be done. I don't know what you mean. Oh, you know exactly what oh, I mean. God, we, 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 are, we are feeling all of our poor choices right now and I'm sure we'll feel them even more tomorrow. Oh, oh yeah, especially since and they are Friday. starting everything early tomorrow to get it so that they can get everybody to the party sooner. And that means that I like wish I could retroactively go back in time and like four days ago make some better choices. <laughs> it's just, oh God. So oh. we are we are on the Texas front porch studio once again. Uh, you can hear the, oh, the breeze is lovely. You yeah. can hear the wind chimes. We have wind chimes. We have road construction far in the distance, the occasional motorcycle. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, just, it's the ambiance. It is. The ambiance, Melissa. It's ambiance. All right, so you didn't make it to the first round, did you? I did not, because I was making good choices for myself. Also, yeah. I didn't have anything exciting in the first round. Well, what did the, you have? Well, I had, I mean... That you had not already seen is the key right. because I saw Death of Dick Long. Yeah. And, um... Which I saw, uh, decades ago. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not... I'm <laughs> Last not, week. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I did. Uh-huh. I'm not criticizing what you said about it, but yeah. I heard a lot of people describe it as hilarious, which it was definitely funny, but hilarious meant I was looking for something more like uh, Tucker and Dale... Versus evil. Oh, yeah. It's not that kind of comedy. Yeah. And so, and it's actually got a really melancholy sadness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so once once my brain switched over and recognized where, then it was fine. Um, and, but it really, it, it really has got some, definitely some very funny stuff in it. But it, it's really t- tender. And you're right. The diversity of the cast is astounding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really well done. Yeah, I mean, people of color, lesbian, like two women, cops, like all of it was really great. And I and I liked the female the female portrayals of like the wives and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was just a lot to like there. I, so it was a good start to the day. I ha- I do have some regrets. Um, not that I saw Dick Long, but that I had to make a choice between that and The Adventures of Wolf Boy, uh-huh. because The Adventures of Wolf Boy was apparently amazing as well. Yeah, so. it, and first half it played against something that just slaughtered it for... Yeah. It, it was against something big, so nobody, practically nobody went to see it first round. Yeah, it, it was a tough year for choices this mm-hmm. year. Um, so then second round I got Worm. 
And did so did I. Yeah, we both we, saw worm. We both saw worm. We did, got to see it together. We sat next to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That feels like three years ago, Melissa, and it was literally just this morning. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> Who are you? Hi. It's nice to meet you. I feel nice like I've got too. A short-term that short-term memory thing where you. Um, you can't actually process memories. Like, who are you again? Yeah, my brain is full. Stuff is just falling off. Just, I walk up to people and it's like, "What do you have this round?" And then five minutes later, "What? Did, what did you have this round? Yeah. What did you have this round?" Oh, it's yeah. like no new information is oh, getting in. No, I've got one better for you. This is how dumb I am. So uh, staff can get their tattoos early at the party. Yeah. And so I checked in, and Damon's like, "Sure, just show up at 8. And my brain, for some reason, thought eight a.m. That's foolish. Right? And it wasn't until Luke said it out loud back to me later that I went, of course it's not at 8 (laughs) a.m. What the hell is wrong with my brain? (laughs) Jesus Christ. uh, I'm glad people like me because sometimes I'm just dumb (laughs) and tired. um, Well, Fantastic Fest has done Stranger Things before. It's true. Also, I swear to God, the staff have done their tattoos in the morning in other years. You might be right. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, 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 we both saw Worm. Yes, which is a charming coming-of-age tale with a slight sci-fi twist, alternative reality sort of thing. Yeah, it's got a heightened reality quality to it. Yeah, it, it's like it's set in the '80s and not like the stylings are very '80s. The computers look '80s. The clothes look '80s. They're just getting the internet. Yeah, and. Um, the the reality being 10 degrees off center the the biggest thing is one of the concepts in the movie is you know we're watching a uh the main character is a teen boy i don't know 15 15 15 and um everybody at this high school and in this society wears a neck collar this electronic neck collar until they have their first kiss and then it automatically falls off ka-chunk so there's this big glaring reminder on very visible sign of who's had their first kiss and who's still a social pariah as they get older and um or, you know, or whoever has made choices that are not that. And um, and so this young boy is like the last guy in his class to still have his neck collar. And it's uh, school picture day. And he has a twin sister. And they're, you know, it, and, and they're, they're angry 15. at each other. And they're 15. They're 15. They're picking at each other. And the family has, is suffering the loss of their older brother. Yeah, that's the key, that's the central. Yeah, the central trauma is that, like, in addition to him trying to navigate t- teenagerhood, mm-hmm. the whole family is trying to process that his older brother died a few months ago. The father has absented himself in the bathroom and does not come out, and the mother has gone off to trek, like. One of the major treks. Yeah, like the Appalachian Trail or something like that. Something like that. She calls once a week. And so their uncle is raising them. And he seems pretty great, except where are your parents? Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's kind of inept at raising kids. Like, 
there's nachos every night for dinner, which is served in a big salad bowl with salad tongs. Yes. <laughs> I kind of love it. But he's uh, also but yeah. available for him constantly yeah. and giving advice and answering questions and, like, and normalizing a lot of things that are kind of bizarre. And, yeah, but there's this heightened reality to it that really feels like what I think the filmmakers were going for is that when you're when you're that age this is your kind of kind of your perception of reality right so like when an adult enters things on a computer it's just random typing noises because what the hell are you doing on that computer so when this adult is entering something on the computer he just is flailing at the keyboard <laughs> that that was the first huge laugh in the movie too it was when this the, what is it the guidance counselor yes. or something when he turns back to his computer and there's a pause and it just mashes all the keys at once and just the audience roared. Yeah. But that, that's kind of what the movie is like is it's this, it reminds me of better off dead in tone almost. Yeah. I can see that. Some people compared it to welcome to the dollhouse. I don't quite. Yeah. Welcome to the dollhouse is much more self-consciously quirky. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't, this feels like, there's a point to the quirky, yeah, and um, and there's a there's a kind of a bleakness at the heart of Welcome to the Dollhouse for me. Like yeah. there's a kind of a cynicism that is completely absent here. Yeah, this is a very warm, friendly movie. Yes, yeah, very very warm. I liked it. Yeah, I liked Worm and, a lot and a positive and a nice positive ending too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And the teen actors are really good. They are actually they actually look and act like teenagers. Yeah. With all the awkwardness intact. <laughs> Gloriously so. Wow. It's so awkward. Uh so then uh third round. Third round, I saw Dogs Don't Wear Pants. We both saw that. Oh, excellent. We can talk about it. Yeah. Uh so this it's, was really recommended. A lot of people saw it and loved it. And then a handful were like, nah. Yeah, it's it's on or off on that movie. And it's it's a Finnish movie. Which I love their sensibility. Yeah. It, it's been a while since I've seen a Finnish movie. Yeah. Honestly. And uh, I do like Finnish movies. Anyway, this one is about a guy who... A heart surgeon. A heart surgeon who... Loses his wife in a drowning accident. And, you know, then flash forward several years, the daughter has grown into a teenager. And it's just him and the daughter. And he's... They have a good relationship. You know, they kind of take care of each other. But then he's still lonely. They're, like... Very disconnected. Very clear that he is emotionally absent. Like, not cold to his daughter. Yeah. But not warm yeah. Either. Like, it, he like every, like he's got this huge barrier mm-hmm. that muffles everything. It's like all of his emotions have been muffled by grief. And he's still stuck on his wife to the point, like you know, he when he masturbates, he, he gets out her dress and her perfume and masturbates with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then he takes his daughter to get her tongue pierced for her birthday because that's what she wants. And um, while she's getting her tongue pierced, she's, she's like kicks him out of the room. She's like, "No, go, go do something," you know. And he stumbles into the basement of this tattoo shop, 
walks right into a dominatrix's lair without knowing it, and then uh, suddenly he's being choked by this dominatrix. And finds that he likes it. Find that he likes it. So he, like she's yeah. choking him out, and he's like, "Oh!" And he sees visions of his wife. Yeah. Um. So he books an appointment, and comes back to be choked some to, more to see visions of his wife. Yeah. Yeah. To see visions of his wife, and I mean, uh, it's literally just a guy finding himself through BDSM. Mm-hmm. It's it's a self discovery movie. It is. And there's no subplot. There's nothing else. The lead actress has her own arc that's not as pronounced. But, yeah. And she's great, too. And um, it's just, like, it's one of those, wow, that's kind of weirdly charming BDSM movie. Yeah. Did you see Piercing last year? I did not. It, it's on Shudder. I know okay. it's on Shudder. And it might be on one of the other streamings. If you liked this... Piercing is has got some similar beats. Okay. But it's a little more fucked up. Okay. And I think you I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like it's a t- it was a movie that I sat through and went, Oh Jesus, is this gonna be one of those movies I re- Oh no, I how did you manage to make this a feel good movie? That's <laughs> weird. Um so some so, yeah. of the some of the beats are similar, okay. and so I recommend piercing. But I liked it just fine. I think I because everybody was speaking of it so highly, I expected yeah. a little more, like or something a little something a little bit more complex in some way than yeah. just a self discovery movie. And there there are some tropes in it that I really don't care for. Like um, stalking's not cool. Nope. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. That part. Like, Stalking's not romantic. Well, and it could be that that may have actually turned me off a little bit in the middle of, like, when that started happening, I was just like, oh, dude, no. Mm, no, I don't want to watch this. Mm-hmm. No. No, what is going to happen now? And then, you, you know, you're out of the movie. You're, you're emotionally disengaging because you're just kind of getting a little mad and frustrated. Yeah. And then it moves on from there and it's okay, but, you know, you still kind of carry that moment with you of, like, you were a stalker. It's like, bad form, dude. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. The scene with the tooth was weirdly funny. Yeah. Hello, hello, hello. What? Wrong tooth. (laughs) 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 And, I mean... And there's a moment at the end, it's not, I mean, it's a, you, you, like, you won't be able to figure it out, but there's a moment at the end where he smiles for the first time in the whole movie, and, yeah. it, and it is so effective. I really like the ending. I like that resolution to it. Yeah. 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 I like the daughter's reaction to it as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure, Dad. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I know what's going on. I don't care. I don't want to know. Right. And that's all subtext. Just, sure, Dad. Yep. All right. Uh, what did you see in the fourth round, then? I saw St. Maud. Okay. Okay. And you saw Sweetheart, right? Yes. Okay. So Sweetheart. I saw St. Maud. And St. Maud really reminds me of a movie called May, which we both really love. I know. Oh. Oh. Um, I still prefer May. But St. Maud is um, it's this movie about... Um, a young woman who is a home in-home nurse, so she stays with her patient and you know takes care of them full time. Yeah. Um, 
she there's some sort of trauma that isn't fully explained in the in the very very beginning, and then she's sent to off to this job to switch in for another nurse who's leaving, and uh, so she is working with this woman who is dying of cancer, who was formerly a dancer, and um, so it's the two of them living in this big English house. Oh. And uh, the young nurse is extremely devout to fanaticism Christian. Oh. And the dancer is very much free-flowing and... The free-spirit artistic yeah. soul. Yeah. And has a girlfriend and all, all that stuff. And the... The two women start bonding a bit, and um, the nurse is believing that she's like getting through to this person who is about to die, and you know, get make sure ensure her salvation mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. And and the young girl, the the young nurse, genuinely believes God is talking to her, to oh. that to that level, and okay. she feels like she's a mar- she's going to be a martyr. She. She's like that level of fanatic. And um, it kind of goes on from there. Like, it, the this is very early on. She starts trying to manipulate the people coming to the house to see the dancer because she, feel, she feels nobody else should come in. She's trying to save, uh. preserve this woman for her salvation. Of course, the, wom- the woman is not the cancer lady is not having any of that and and so on and so forth and it all goes sideways it it is it does take the path of um like roman polanski's repulsion you know it's this 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 young woman is the the movie isn't totally it play, it walks the line of you don't quite know if the woman actually is being talked to by God, or if she thinks she's being talked to by oh, God, okay. and and so yeah, she it it's very interesting. Yes, okay. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, it I, if I remember, it's first time director, female director and writer. Nice. Um, the exteriors are, are filmed in um, uh, uh, Scarborough. Scarborough. England, where Wendy and I spent part of April this yes. year, <laughs> as as this as the actresses are moving across the screen, across these exteriors, I'm going, that's the Coney Island Arcade in Scarborough. I recognize that harbor. There's that fucking amusement park. You know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Scarborough. And then finally, the second to last shot in the movie, you get enough of the harbor where you uh, see the castle on top of the hills. Fucking Scarborough. <laughs> Scarborough, bruh. Yeah. Scarborough, bruh. Scarborough. Oh, I, now I want to see it. I'll have to. I'll yeah, have it's to worth a shot. Figure out it, how to see it because if nothing else, I'll just sit there and be like, it's Scarborough. It's Scarborough. Um, I saw Sweetheart. Yeah, how is Sweetheart? Well, Liz, I think you'd really like it. Okay. Um, so. Do tell. Uh, it is. Well, first off, it the lead character, there's only four people total in the film. Okay. Um, and the lead character is a woman of color. Okay. So, um, and it literally just opens with her washing ashore. Mm-hmm. 
and then she quickly finds the body of somebody else that she clearly knows, and they he dies almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's alone on this desert island. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she she explores. She finds a camp mm-hmm. that's very, very old and abandoned. Yeah. But it's got some supplies that have been left over, like a tarp and stuff, so she's using that. And so she's kind of getting... Getting like figuring things out. She's got a flare gun because mm-hmm. it came with the life vest. There was a flare gun, um, and like uh, she had a backpack on when she went in the water. Apparently, so she's got a couple of things. And and in the abandoned campsite, she finds a box of matches. She can start a fire. Mm-hmm. So she's and it's got coconuts. So she's got you know water. So she's she's figuring shit out, um, and and like doing well mm-hmm. right then this is just like maybe a day or two and yeah. she's like but she's hearing noises at night yeah what is on the island <laughs> what what else is out there and then she finds graves okay really old graves okay so what the fuck is on the island and then this shot is the most glorious and i don't it's like i can't do it like i'm going to describe it and it's not a spoiler because when you see it, you're going to be like, oh my God, what a gorgeous shot. So it like, you, anyway, so a, it's night and a plane, she can hear a plane is flying overhead. So she grabs the flare gun and she shoots it at the plane as the plane is flying away. And she's just like, see the flare, see the flare, please, please. And of course she shot it out over the ocean. Yeah. And as the flare is dropping towards the horizon and it gets right onto the horizon as it's about to fall into the water it is silhouetting the shape of something standing in the water that does not look human. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just that brief flash as it goes by, and you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and, it's, oh. and it's clearly looking at her. Mm-hmm. And what I really like about the movie is that she's not Mary Sue smart. Like, she's yeah. not... Oh, by the way, I just happen to have been a Navy SEAL. She's just basic, hi, I read and watch, you know, like I'm just a human being who just figures shit out. She, She's smart. Like, um, and so, like, when she sees that creature, she doesn't like, what was that? Are my eyes playing tricks on me? I don't, none of that. She's just like, the fuck? And she just <laughs> takes off. Oh, yeah. And runs into the bush and drops down to a ditch and just hold still mm-hmm. like yes yeah thank, thank you thank you um and and so now she's like oh shit so then she's figuring out like how to survive the nights and then two more people wash up mm-hmm. and that's where like and then it gets into well we don't believe you oh and so then you get that little bit of psychological mm-hmm. on top of it and it goes from there but she does all these consistently smart things and um and like the stuff with the people gets super frustrating right but it's the kind of frustrating of like no that's how they would really be and that's why you hate them so much and that's why like (laughs) and and shit goes sideways and the creature design is really good oh good and like and it's and it's only like Honestly, 80 minutes long. Nice. Like, they did not pad it out. They're like, nope, this is... And it's great. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just boom, 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 boom. Lean, mean, and done. Like, 
I feel like there's a thing right now where movies are kind of about ten minutes longer than they need to be. Yeah. Like, people are being a little indulgent or like, oh, I'm going to give you more atmosphere by letting you watch them walk up all the stairs. I really didn't need to watch them walk up all the stairs. Thank you. <laughs> no. This movie was just lean and mean, and I I really enjoyed it. And everybody nice. I sat with was, was way on board, too. So, yeah. Sweetheart. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm hoping it gets some distribution. Excellent. And then Midnight Slot. Midnight Slot. You go first. I saw Guns Akimbo. We both saw Guns we Akimbo. We both saw Guns Akimbo. I thought Akimbo. you were in VFW or something. Or no, after no, midnight. no, no. I was in eight, uh, Theater 8. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we can talk about Guns Akimbo. Bye. After the day of movies I had, I was ready for some shit blowing up. Like some fucked up shit. Some fucked up shit blowing up. And yes... We saw shit blow up real good. Well, I mean, the premise. The, the premise. The premise. So, Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, Harry fucking Potter. Harry Potter. With an excellent American accent, if I yeah, do say. Really good American accent. Uh, wakes up one day with guns bolted to his hands. Well, it's not just like that. He prides himself on being this online warrior where he's going in and telling people how they're just such losers. And to be fair, the people he's attacking are actually kind of trash people. But all he's doing is being an online fucking troll. And then he does it to the wrong person. And they track his IP address. Mm -hmm. Kick down his door, knock him out. And then he wakes up in the morning with guns literally bolted to his hands. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're like... You have 24 hours, and so now he's in this game. This online streaming show, which is basically Iron Cage match where contestants murder each other. Yeah, and it's live murder TV. It's not staged or anything like that. Live murder TV. Hi, you need to kill the top killer currently on the roster right now within 24 hours. And that top killer is... Samara Weaving. Yes. from, From Ready or Not. Yes. And Mayhem. And she's... So good. She is really good. And she's a coke snorting maniac. Yeah. And so she's hunting him because she's gotten the message, by the way, this is your next opponent. And like, what about our deal? Kill him and we'll honor our deal. You don't know what that is, but you can you can guess. Yeah. It's something like we'll help you out or this'll the last one, whatever. Yeah. Meanwhile, Daniel Radcliffe literally can't even put pants on because he's got guns bolted to his <laughs> yeah. hands. He can't pee in the toilet. Like he, he can't open the door because it's a doorknob. He can't answer his phone. And the, the peeing in the toilet was hilarious because he plays it just with his face so well as he's looking down that you can tell he's just like, I'm going to shoot my own dick. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and and so it really plays with the idea of like, you bolted guns to my hands. How am I supposed to do anything? Yeah. And so he ends up running out of his apartment in goofy slippers, underwear, and a robe. With <laughs> and the, guns in his hands. Guns in his bolted hands. Bolted to his hands. And they're, they've got drones following him because mm-hmm. they're streaming all of this. And so he gets the nickname online because when he runs into people, he runs into some cops and he's like, help me. But they see the guns and they're like, "Put the gun, drop the guns." He's like, "I really fucking can't." And he's got his arms up, and so they nickname him Guns Akimbo. Guns Akimbo. <laughs> and oh, it is quotable and funny and over the top. 
and ridiculous. Yeah, it it's it is almost crank levels of stupid plus awesome. But weirdly, like because crank, crank has a level of like it's slightly different in tone. I'm trying. To oh, put it's my it is different it. in tone. But I mean, it, it is, is that sort of craziness. Um, Guns Akimbo is very much video game tone. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It it there are parts that literally look like a first person shooter. Yes. And right and, down to the like the the number the the number of ammo in each gun on screen. Righty and lefty. <laughs> righty and lefty. Um and also like the script is so so like it gets the tone for his character so well of just this funnily exasperated frustrated young man of like what the fuck is it what am i supposed to do <laughs> there's a point where a bad guy shoots someone and then looks at him and his response is not like holy shit you shot that man or like oh my god it's he just looks at him like am i supposed to fucking know what that look means yeah <laughs> what and i'm like that is so like that is the perfect millennial response of like what the fuck am i supposed to do man <laughs> And oh and god I loved I love I love the ending. I have Yeah, the loved it. the ending's pretty great. Like it actually manages to stick the landing. Mhm. And there was so much laughter. Yeah. So much People laughter. People were having a lot of fun with this movie. It was a great midnighter. It's definitely a movie I'm betting it gets distribution. Oh yeah. I with yeah. Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving, I'm betting it does. Listeners See it in a theater. Yeah, it's it's goofy fun. Nice and loud. Ideally, like on a Friday or a Saturday night where it's that kind of energy mm-hmm. so that everybody in the place is just ready to like whoop it up with it because it's so bonkers. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. It's a very fantastic fest movie. Oh, yeah, it is. Like, honestly, Nine's Out has got a little, kind of got a lot to live up to. It does. It does. Although, it's not so much a Fantastic Fest movie that it has a dead dog. No. No, there are no dead dogs in Guns of Kimbo. Dear listeners, <laughs> the pool is the best dead dog ever. Hey, that's a spoiler. You can clip it out. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, dear listeners, there's a long history of dead dogs at Fantastic Fest. In movies. Not actual dead dogs, just dead dogs in movies. Dead movie dogs. This is not dog, getting better. Dog, dogs dying in movies. Dogs yeah, dying like, in movies. You know what? That's a downer. No, anyway, that's a downer. Uh, so, anyway, guns to Kimbo, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could just be like, No dead dogs. Beep. I'm not going to talk about the dead dogs. Um, <laughs> We should. It's like two thirty in the morning. We should probably just wrap it up at this point. He gets a bum to help him put on clothes. Yeah, and that bum is the best. That he's a great bum. He ends up stealing a car and watching him trying to drive with guns on his hands. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, <sighs> yeah, and trying to get his phone out of his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> using his hands kind of like chopsticks like chopsticks the barrels yeah and then he's sort of balancing it and using his nose to activate it oh i've (sighs) i've done that before i love not with guns because he had made a date to meet his ex-girlfriend because they randomly connected before all this went down and she's like sure we can meet 10 a.m tomorrow 
And what I love is he wakes up, guns bolted to his hand, and his arm goes off of like, you're going to meet her. And he's like, oh, shit, I still have to, I don't want to miss my chance. And so you've been told that a killer is coming for you, and you're going to have to kill her first. You've got guns bolted to your hands, but that's your priority. And it's, of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. And it looked good. It was a, Oh, and the score was great. Yeah. The music was really, really fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Guns Kimbo. Yeah. So, tomorrow, Melissa. Tomorrow, we've got four more movie spots and a party. And a party. Are you going to try to go to the first slot? I'll see how I feel in the morning. I got the Phil Tippett documentary, and I want to see it. I got the platform. Oh, you should see the platform. Exactly, but it's at ten fifteen. You need to see the. You need to see the platform, Wendy. I mean, honestly, tomorrow's a strong end for me. I get the, it is. I got the platform. I got the fantastic shorts, butt boy, and knives out. Yep. I've got Tippett shorts, parasite, oh. and knives out. So, dear listeners, we will be back tomorrow, and you will find out how many of those movies we saw. What what we actually did. Yeah. Plus, I'm sure there'll be stories from from the party. Yeah. Andy's Dracula. Andy's Dracula. Oh, that's right. Uh, Dear listeners, we decided today that every, every movie summary is improved by adding, at the end, Andy's Dracula. So... And or... With a crocodile. With a crocodile. Um, so, Guns Akimbo, here's my summary. Daniel Radcliffe wakes up. He's got guns bolted to his hand. He's got to kill Samara Weaving. And he's Dracula. I'm in. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe wakes up and he's got crocodiles bolted onto his hands. <laughs> All right, dear listeners, I think we need to let Andy's you go Andy's Dracula. Andy's Dracula. <laughs> this is the awesomest movie ever. <laughs> crocodile hands. Just grabbing and chomping. Hairy crocodile hands, Potter. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 2.30 in the morning We should go All to bed right, Let's go to bed All okay, right. Good night listeners Good night listeners See you to- <laughs> Most likely killing you in the morning Thank you for joining us In the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown And recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton You can find us on iTunes And on Stitcher You can also visit us at XanaduCinema.com Follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Dear listeners, welcome to this. Uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> it, oh, yeah, it's, it's that late. time. It's late. It is. Oh, it's 2 a.m. We can handle this. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. We can. <clears throat> I believe in us. <clears throat>